Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I have go 12 to 4, I'm sending yeah. this like tape into ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. We don't win in the specific years that I want us to win. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Let's go! Let's go! I was big on them in Soul's Chat. Because he's not the no, better player. Watch them play football. <laughs> oh my god, you watched the highlights? Did you watch That's Johnny Manziel's highlights when he. Whoa, guys! Look at me. I'm going to go throw the ball. If Stidham outperforms Newton, Stidham's going to start. That's all you have. How are you going to win the division with that? How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Nosebleeds podcast, where today we have our weekly NBA playoffs episode where we're going to be recapping the past week of basketball. My name is Nick Antonakis, um, and I'm lucky to be joined by the basketball crew. We got Chandler Betts and Stuart Brooks here back for another episode. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, before we start today's episode, um, we just found out recently today, um, NBA players are going to be boycotting games as a way to – Light some more focus on the racial inequality issues that are happening in the United States now. So we won't be giving any predictions for the week ahead, but we'll still be giving you a recap of the past week. And then if there are games in the next week, we're going to just make an Instagram post or something like that, addressing the viewers with our predictions. So on that note, I say we just dive into it. We have some, this is kind of the debut episode for our new structured type of episodes of the nosebleeds podcast we're trying to implement some more segments and stuff like that to engage the viewers so let's start and kick it off with one of our new segments we got the rapid fire recap so you guys ready to dive into it yeah yeah let's go rapid fire recap All right, so in the rapid-fire recap this week, what we're going to do is we're just going to go around, give a 30-second to one-minute spiel on each of these series. It's just our overall thoughts. There isn't much to talk about with these ones, but, you know, a good way to just fire out all your opinions in, a, in one go. So we'll start with the Bucks versus the Magic series. Um, who wants to start? Uh, I can start. So what we learned in this series is absolutely nothing. We learned that the Magic are very good at winning game ones and then nothing else. Um, they, we all knew they weren't going to have a chance. It was somewhat impressive to win game one, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They get one day, two days less rest. Oh no, Giannis is going to be so bad now. He's going to, he's going to fall apart. No, obviously not. Um, we know that Nikola Vucevic is a very on and off player who can score the ball very well when he's playing well. And we know that he has nothing else around him. As much as I like DJ Augustine, he has nothing. That whole team has nothing. They're just becoming the Pistons basically in the sense that they don't have any actual stars and eventually they're just going to fall off of a cliff and get the first pick in the, not the first pick in the draft, but they're going to get a very high pick and they're just going to need to completely rebuild. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much else to say. I mean, you know, there was definitely some buzz after Milwaukee uh, lost that first game, you know, and it was kind of not a blowout, but it was definitely a convincing win by the Magic. But, like, since then, it's just basically a blowout in every game. Uh, you know, I, I, the only thing that I can really take away positive in this whole run is Fultz has looked pretty good. But outside of that, I mean, you know, it just seemed like, you know, it was good, feel good win for game one, but that's about it. I will say this, although um, the Bucks have been dominant ever since that game one loss, winning three straight on the Magic, and they're probably going to finish them out in game five whenever that ends up happening. But I will say that that game one loss made the Bucks seem a little bit more human, a little bit weaker than everybody's anticipating them to be. So I don't think – I think this series kind of exposes them as not the clear favorite to win the East. I think there's going to be a little bit more competition than everybody else is thinking. So um. – Okay. I disagree, like, vehemently. It's just one yeah. game they lost, and Doesn't they matter. won three in a row. Teams lose games all the time. Doesn't really matter. I mean, okay. I mean, you know, that's just what I believe, but, you know. You're wrong, okay. You're wrong, right. yeah. All right. So, we'll move on. 
<laughs> to the Heat versus the Pacers series. Everybody thought this was going to be a lot closer, but the Heat take it away in four. I thought it was going to be a little closer. I mean, the fact that I didn't have Sabonis was kind of like the important thing, but because mm-hmm. he's probably their best player. But yeah, the whole Pacers team just didn't really. There was not one guy who really stepped up, other than Brogdon played pretty well in a few of the games. But yeah, it just wasn't a very wasn't very competitive. Like it was the games were competitive in themselves, but every fourth quarter that he just pulled away. Butler played well. Basically, the whole team. Goran Dragic played great. Uh, yeah, now they're moving on to play what is most likely to be Milwaukee, which should be an interesting series. Mm-hmm. So I have some things to say, not necessarily about the series, but about the Pacers in general. Uh, I think that they're in a very interesting position this upcoming offseason. They don't have their first round pick, even though this is a really weak draft, that's still relevant. It would have been pick 24 and it's going to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And um, their three best players are, you have Victor Oladipo, who he just needs to be healthy. If he can be healthy, then he's a borderline third all-NBA player. You have uh, DeMontis Sabonis, who was just an all-star this year. And you have Miles Turner, who is another valuable player. Having said that, those two uh, are really bad when they play together. So when you have two long-term contracts for two of your star, I guess, star players, and they can't coexist, that is a really bad sign. And I wouldn't well, be surprised. I, would, Sorry? I wouldn't call Miles Turner a star, like, at all. I, it, not a star. I meant... I'm at a star on their team, as in their big three. Brogdon's good, but I would still consider him. He's like an average player, I'd say. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. I mean, whatever. I think he's probably two, their fifth best player. Okay, two players in their starting lineup, especially in the power yeah. forward and center, uh, is more what I meant. But uh, yeah, they have, what is, I think it's a, they have a negative net rating when they're together. And yeah, I mean, they should just flip, flip them. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Turner is no longer a uh, Indiana Pacer going into Pace. next season. I'd be shocked down if he wasn't. I think you're right. Yeah. I would. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they flip him for like a second round pick, like barely any, like very little value, because you know. Yeah. I mean, also, I. I mean, I think they probably could let Oladipo go too. He hasn't really, you know, he's still recovering from his injury. He hasn't looked that good, and they have two other wing scorers who have proved themselves to at least score twenty a game. So they probably want to save their cap. I mean, you know, and they also fired their head coach, which I thought was kind of a mistake, but. You know. I mean, they're kind of – yeah, they're kind of stuck. I mean, I honestly think that the organization just wants to sell tickets. You know, of course they do. And Indiana is a big basketball area. But, you know, they probably just want to keep the team together for a few more years so that they don't have to go into rebuilding mode. But, like, it's very hard for me to see the Pacers competing for a championship in the near future unless, like, you know, something crazy happens, like Giannis goes there or something. Yeah. I also do think it was a big mistake for them to fire Nate McMillan, as we've seen. Like, pretty much every player that's gone to Indiana has gotten better – from where they were before to where they are now. So I think that was a big mistake. And I think uh, we might touch upon that later, specifically about Nate McMillan. Wait, did the Bulls hire a head coach? Uh, no, not yet. They just uh, – Yeah, I think that, I think he would be a good fit there. He would be – I think he would be a good fit Because he's player-friendly and he's good at evaluating and they have a lot of young talent, so. Mm. Yeah. I mean, literally anybody would be a better fit. Jim Rowland, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys have probably just um, covered it all. But, you know, I will say that, you know, a Heat versus Bucks matchup in the next round will definitely be interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Heat can do against the ever so great Bucks. So now we'll move on to the Raptors versus the Nets. Uh, another series that was very predictable. Raptors taking it away in four games. And I honestly thought the Nets were going to compete a little bit more than they actually did. Like, Game one and two were just like – they were bru- – I mean, all the games were pretty brutal, but game one especially was just a brutal loss for the Nets. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is probably the series I'd really say about, you know, the Nets don't have any of their players at all. The Raptors are the defending champs, and they got done in the sweep. That's all I have to say. Nets fans, be excited for when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant come back and literally everybody else on your team come back, and then you probably still only – be like the third best team in the East because wow, who's believer in Kyrie anymore? Uh, pretty much every team except Cleveland. Uh, I every team Celtics got a lot better after he left. Yeah, um, but I still think he could be a yeah. good second option. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that that'll be a good. Combo, he could be a great. They're both very option. ball dominant. Uh, Kevin Rand's shown that he can do it with Curry, but 
He tried to do it with Westbrook. I think he can do it with Kyrie Irving. I think they're going to be fine. <laughs> well, Westbrook wasn't, like, as ball-dominant of a player back then. He was, but he wasn't as, like, he didn't demand the ball in the same I, way that – I would wager that it's going to work out. These are two of the most talented players of all t- in all time, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll work. But, I mean, it's just I don't think KD is going to be the same player that he was when he that's, was Yeah, that's Golden the only State. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the I only think it'll work about as, injuries gonna just about as well as it did in Boston. And you can say it worked well in Boston – it didn't work terribly, uh, but also I think it's just going to be a similar situation with just one more extremely talented player, like instead of a platoon of good players, have one one of the best scorers of all time who might not be the same exactly. That's a good point. If he is, I think it'll they'll be they can compete for a championship. But oh yeah, um, yeah. I will say. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think that the Nets were going to win a game in this series, but I just thought that the games had been a little bit closer than they actually were. They were starting to look good at the end of the regular season in the bubble. You know, they had some pretty impressive wins there, but you know, it, it's just it, I knew they were going to lose in four, but you know, it's just losing that badly was a little bit shocking to me. That's all. But you know, Raptors are looking scary. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Celtics in round two. All right, and then we have finally our last series to recap in the Rapid Fire Recap segment. We got the Lakers and the Blazers, a series that was looking great from the start. The Rap, not the Raptors, Jesus. The Blazers came away with a win in game one. Lillard popped off, but ever since then, the Lakers have started to take more and more control of the series. Yep. LeBron's finally playing basketball. Yeah, he is. Yeah. In game Fine. two, he, he actually oh. looked even worse, but the rest of the team played a lot better. And then since yeah. then, it's just been, it's just been brutal. I mean, there's a, I, you know, game five is, is obviously being postponed, but um, whenever that is to happen, I don't see any chance the Blazers can win another game. Um, Do you think Dame's going to be back? I'm not game? sure. I don't think I don't think it matters. Yeah, I could see them winning one more game. Nick, did you not watch the last game? They lost by like 40 points. It was really yeah. bad. And I mean, it looks bad, but, you know, if Dame is back to what he was before and earlier in the series, Dame had an off night. That was a Nick, bad do you remember how Dame. confident Nick, do you remember how confident we were that the, um, the Celtics were going to sweep the Sixers after we absolutely destroyed them? Yeah, but at least, the, at least the Blazers have an actual win in this series. And they, have, and they were harder than the Sixers were in the bubble. So... I mean, I don't. I just don't think it matters. I'm just saying they could. They could get another game. No, they couldn't. I mean, it's not impossible at all. It's not, Nick. It's also not impossible that in the beginning of the playoffs, the Magic could have swept the Bucks. Just because something isn't physically possible doesn't mean it's going to happen. I don't mean physically possible. I'm saying that the give give what percent chance do you think that the Portland would beat the Lakers in Game Five if Dame's healthy? Ah, forty percent. I'll give it forty, maybe thirty. I'll give it nine percent. That's being a little nine percent. Yeah, nine percent chance that the Blazers beat the Lakers in if game. Dame five. is healthy. Yep, if he's fully healthy, so. but he's not going to be fully healthy. That's not how the body works. Well, obviously, but if he's healthier than he was in the past game, in at least he'll be a little play in the end. So if he's playing, I still give it a nine percent chance. Okay, I mean, just uh, agree to disagree. I guess. I mean, I don't think. Sure, you're the I think that. What do you I say? think he's gonna say the Lakers. Obviously, I, mean, I think yeah, the Lakers are gonna percent? win the game. What's your percent? Sometimes I wonder why we do this. I give the Lakers a ninety-five percent chance of winning, maybe even higher. Are you serious? I really hope the last I really two hope games the Blazers have been win. I can't wait until the, the last two win. games have been complete blowouts. I mean, the only thing that I could see happening. Wouldn't be because Dame is healthy. It'd be because the Blazers are trying to save their pride. Why, Nick? He was not hurt before the game, and then he was hurt during the game. Didn't so stay healthy at the so start. So how could he be more healthy now? That literally makes no sense. I didn't even at say all. healthy at the start. What I said at the start was if he returns to the form he was playing in in game he one. He won't. He just got hurt. What if he does? Is what I'm saying. Then they're gonna okay, win the game. Okay, and what if I throw nine inches? Nick, in the how next, much? The next what was Dame's best game of the series? What was Dame's best game? How much did he score? Do you remember? Game one, he scored like 45 points. It's 34 points. Is that really gonna make them win after losing by 35 points? The rest I mean, of he's playing well, no, absolutely shit. After, not so. after third. Not no. Not by that much. I'm still giving the edge to the Lakers here, but I'm just all saying that. There's an entire. 
I'm just at five percent chance. That's ridiculous. Ten, maybe no, it's not. They're much worse. The Lakers are the title favorites right now. They have two yeah. of the five best players in the league, arguably. Dame is hurt, which we do have to acknowledge. The rest of the team is playing like shit. They lost three games in a row. There's no momentum. There's no home crowd. There's really no argument here to be made for the Blazers other than that the team doesn't want to get swept. I mean, doesn't want to go out in five. There's no argument here. The only argument you can make is that games just happen. Sometimes one team happens to play really well. So maybe Portland could somehow, by grace of God, have a win. But I'm giving them a 5% chance because that's the percent chance that they have based on all the factors that we're talking about. That's how you analyze sports. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Okay, that's the rapid-fire recap. Ending on a rapid, angry note. Here we go. Into the main recap we go. So we have the Celtics versus the Sixers, a series that many Celtics fans have been extremely happy about as of late. You know, Celtics getting the sweep done in four, and then the Sixers firing their head coach. It looks like there's finally going to be a drift of change in the Sixers locker room, which was a disaster all throughout the regular season and the bubble and in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's just comparable to the Celtics last season. It just didn't work out at all. And it's, it, and even more so, the Celtics at least kind of had an okay fit. This team did not fit whatsoever. Horford just completely declined. Tobias Harris, I mean, he was okay during the regular season, but he completely did not show up in these games. Respect to him for coming back after that injury. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's not much to say about the actual games. I mean, just like the other series we're talking about. It's just a pretty dominant up and down. Game four, they did put up somewhat of a fight. And I'll give Embiid for trying some credit for trying his best out there. But the Celtics just had too much offense; they just couldn't just couldn't deal with it. Yeah, I would agree. With I mean, oh yeah, Chandler, go ahead. Sorry. It, it just wasn't. It, it wasn't going to happen. And the 76ers are in not. I don't think they're in a good position uh, this upcoming free agency and just in the future because they have terrible contracts they probably have two of the three worst contracts in the nba right now and al horford and tobias harris yeah so tobias harris you know again i mean horford's i think is worse but yeah yeah well, i mean definitely al horford's is worse but... at least i i can say that tobias harris can contribute to it like i'm not sure how much al horford can contribute at this point in his career like he's yeah. a bench player at least yeah. tobias harris i think he can be like a decent starter I and mean, he's overpaid yeah. but at least he can play but i just don't understand the horford contract like the nick batum contract when he went to um, no, we're, we're better than that. I he mean, can't even do anything. He can't even do how anything. How much more? Like Nick Dude, Batum Nick Batum is averaging like seven a game right now. And Nick he Batum, still has... like when he signed that contract, he was like an eleven and a half point scorer. Or something. Yeah, you know how much Tobias Harris scores a game? Like almost twenty. You know, he's still pretty good. I mean, he's not great. He's probably not an all star, but you know, he's at least Robert Covington, or maybe better version of Robert yeah. Covington. No, yeah, he is. That Robert Covington is a good comparison there. A better Robert Covington. Yeah. But um, that being said, it's a huge contract for a player. He, that should be like a contract that Tatum has. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, the whole Brett Brown thing, uh, specifically for that, I mean, he came in 2013, I believe. That was, that was the start of the process. So he's been there the whole time. Like, his first draft was the, was the Nerland's Noel draft. I yeah, believe. that's right. Yeah. And um, – I mean, he's been there the whole time. He has obviously he has a very bad coaching record, but that's because he's coached some really bad teams. But he, there, there have been at the end. And I say at the end, I mean like now. There were a lot of reports coming. Out. It was like, oh yeah, Brett Brown doesn't like confrontation in his locker room. So therefore, he lost he, Jimmy Butler, who was easily exactly. the best player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's also the JJ Redick, who was perfect player to play with. Those two. I mean, honestly, regarding disregarding Jimmy Butler, this team could have kept, not traded Sarich and Covington, and not traded Fultz, and they would and not got rid of JJ Redick, and they would have had all these assets. They would have had Simmons and Embiid still. They would have had Sarich. They would have had Covington. They would have had Fultz, and they could have had maybe still had Tobias Harris, or maybe don't even trade for Tobias Harris and you keep Landry Shamit. I mean, yeah, like I don't understand like. This team could have had a ton of assets and still a decently talented roster that could compete for the playoffs, but they just completely mortgaged their future for a team that's arguably worse than what they had two years ago. So there's basically not much to say. I mean, the worst thing I think was doing that trade for Jimmy Butler, giving up two really good assets and picks, and then he only plays there for half a season. I mean, yeah. At that point, you just that have to like start crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean. Um, I mean, I think I think this move is definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, maybe they can start to turn things around, but it's looking more like they're just going to have to, you know, 
clear it out and start over again because, you know, it's just – it's not working. If they can maybe – there's a chance that they can make a turnaround with the core that they have right now, but it's looking more and more like they're going to have to yeah. clean think, the slate we'll and restart. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. But, what else? Um, yeah, one? I think that's pretty much it for now. Then we have the Clippers and the Mavs series, which has been a surprisingly really good series. You know, um, the Luka. Clippers are up three to two now. Luca absolutely Luka. popped off in game four. We'll go into that a little bit first, and then we'll – I mean, well, why don't we just start from the top of the series? You know, there's not Mavs a bunch Clippers, to yeah. talk about, but, you know. Yeah, game one and two kind of went similar ways. We've already talked about game one and the other podcast, but game two was a pretty impressive win by Dallas. And then game three was another decent win by the Clippers. And then obviously we get to game four, which was the arrival of Luka with a sprained ankle, just playing his absolute heart out. Um, you know, and also the other storyline of Paul George from games two to four. Just, oh, I don't know if I've oh seen – I've been watching play about, probably since 2013, and I've, ne- I've never seen – other than like the Roy Hibbert moment for a star yeah. player to just completely disappear. Like he in game three or game four especially – if he hadn't played, they might have won because his, he shot three of 14. Those shots could have gone to literally anyone else, and they would have been better shots. I mean, at that point, I mean, it seemed like he didn't want to shoot but that's yeah. towards the end of the game, but I don't know. I mean, he played well in game five, so that, that's good to see. And the Clippers, mm-hmm. I, I would say that they're probably going to win the series now. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and obviously it was interesting to see what Luca was doing. That was atrocious. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Chandler. Go ahead. I was just going to say that a report came out uh, after game five, after Paul George finally bounced back, that it was basically him saying, uh, like, the bubble destroyed me mentally. And I was very confused by that because, I mean, he just generally doesn't have a good reputation since he, since, I mean, pretty much since he destroyed Ryan Birdman's career. I don't even know his real name. Chris Anderson, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Basically, I mean, since he got to OKC, he's been yeah, pretty bad in the playoffs. Bad in the playoffs. I mean, playoff yeah. P is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not his worst playoff game. Though. A, what? There's another. All right, there, two years ago, when they played Utah in the first round, OKC. Yeah, like what he, he had three. He shot no. Paul George, like when he played on the Thunder, he shot two of sixteen from the field and scored five points in the playoff game. Oh, so that's actually oh. worse than this other game over here. It, yeah, I think. I, I heard somewhere that he's like the first player in playoff history to shoot below 30% in the first four games of a series. Yeah, third, below 30, yeah. He's, he's shooting, I think, 28% right now, which that's like that's, – that's good for baseball. That's really good for right? baseball. Good for Hitting baseball. 280. But it's like baseball realistic. Baseball is literally a game of failure. Basketball. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 supposed, at least you're 40, I mean, Don't get me dude. wrong. It's not easy, but it, it, it's – it's comparatively those, easy to shoot. A those are Nick's stats right there. Those are Nick's stats right now, right yeah, there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Paul George. It was. It was good to see him back in back in form, but I question how long that can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the return to form in Game Five was promising, but his performance in Game Four was terrible. While I think we should dive a little bit more into Lucas' performance in Game Four because that was. Everybody else talked about it all over the internet, so there's not much to say, man. I know, but yeah. I mean, 43 points, Moral uh, 17 of the story, he's rebounds. Really good at basketball. Yeah, he just he, he came alive. He was in, and that last shot that he hit was Yay! an incredible shot. Yeah, he got the he got the ISO on Reggie Jackson, which is what he wanted. Yeah, back cheese, and then bank. They didn't bank it actually. Just he just made it. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, maybe they should have done. He it. was he was contested too. Yeah, it was definitely – I mean, Reggie's a little bit shorter than him, but yeah. Pretty good defense. It wasn't terrible defense. Yeah, it wasn't terrible defense. It's a tough shot to make. Yeah. Especially for you. Yeah, especially for me. Couldn't reach the hoop, probably. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, but then in game five, you know, Paul George returned to form. Uh, Stewart famously said Luca has exited the building. Because <laughs> he wasn't yeah. – he was nowhere nearly as present uh, in game five as he was in game four, you know. Uh, the Ma- the Clippers actually got a pretty deciding win. They kind of blew out the Mavericks in a way, you know. It was they did. A good oh, yeah. game by the yeah, good game yeah, by the just... Clippers, and it looks more and more like they're going to win the series now, like Stewart said. Yeah, they they I won. Wonder if Porzingis will be back for game. Wasn't it like twenty something? They won right? by oh my god, holy sh! They won by forty three. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I didn't realize that the Clippers scored one hundred and fifty four points. Oh, oh yeah. my God! I didn't really realize that. I guess Paul George just kind of decided to go off in the fourth. I I, I only watched the first three quarters. 
And they were up by 30 at one point. But usually teams, when they're down 30, like the last quarter, they cut it to like – They don't get back like 15. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Much no mercy. Stuff. Yeah. No. Tough game, you know, for, for Dallas. Pretty demoralizing after that win a little while ago. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe they can bring it back for one more game. But I would be shocked. I'd, be, I'd, I'd give them more chance than the freaking Blazers, but I, I still think they're going to lose in, the, in yeah. that game. I'd say this is more like 30, 30%. Yeah. It, it pours like a tough play also. Is a yeah. Important, but, yeah. Well, kudos to Luca, even if they do lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's got next? Good for him. All right, and then finally – Oh, no, not finally. Sorry. Then we have the Nuggets versus the Jazz series, another series that um, has been a little bit shocking. The Jazz actually with a 3-2 lead. The Nuggets avoided elimination yesterday, I believe. Yeah, it was yesterday. They avoided elimination yesterday, getting the win in game five, extending this thing to game six. But they're still down 2-3. You know, screw the Nuggets, dude. That's all I have to say. I mean, for all the for all the credit that Luke was getting, and rightly so, Donovan Mitchell has pretty much been every bit as good as Luke yeah. has been. I mean, two fifty point games to one series, one fifty seven point wow. game, which is insane. And at the same time, Jamal Murray has been absolutely astounding. And oh my God. pretty much Denver's stars, uh, well, Murray's borderline, but Murray and Jokic have been great in this series. I can't mm. say anything about bad about them really, but the rest of the team just hasn't been performing well, especially defensively. They just can't seem to be guarding Utah at all except for in the second half of last night's game. But literally in every other half, every other game, they just can't seem to keep up with the Jazz shooting and scoring. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would lean towards Utah in the, in the end because I think Denver's probably pretty tired. But, um, you know, I, I would give Denver a shot because I still think they have a lot of talent. I would actually – this has been a sneaky good series. I didn't expect it to be quite this good. I expected I it, it to be more like – this, but in favor of, of Denver. Yeah, like reverse Utah, order. Like, Utah yeah. definitely puts up a good fight, but Denver takes them out in five or yeah. six. But it seems like in my Actually, in my first, uh, like, draft of how I was predicting the series, is I thought this was going to go to seven, but I thought it was going to be a pretty uh, unconvincing seven. I thought right, like blowouts each game? Like what? Like a blowout in each game? Or like uh, yeah, like, or like it would be, oh, yeah, wow. this, game, this series could have ended in five, but somehow it got to seven. Mm. And now the Nuggets are just going to win because they're the better team. Right. But, um, no, this has been a really entertaining series. And I'm still going to give the slight edge to the Nuggets. I think that they'll be able to um, go Maybe game so. six. And then game seven at that point, it's just, in my, in my eyes, game six will be more of a team game. But game seven is just going to be who can – or will the Nuggets be able to slow down Donovan Mitchell? Because they're not going to stop him. But if they can slow him down, mm-hmm. if they can hold him to less than 30 points, then they're going to win that game, and they're going to win the series. And I think that they're kind of primed to do that. If they can actually do decent matchups and maybe put Torrey Craig on him, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Well, I think game six um, honestly might be the decider for the Nuggets. I mean, obviously, if they lose, I mean, they're out. But it, 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 if, nice if they, but I think be, if they win, though, is what I was getting to. If they win, I think they're going to win the series. I think they'll win game seven in that scenario is right. what I was trying so to get you say at. It, but, it's actually more like do or die for Utah. They need to win the game six. Cause I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. Momentum will be so much on Denver's side if they come back from 3-1 to 3-3 three, three, that – Especially know. if that's the only game that goes to seven. I mean, the next series that we're going to talk about might go to seven, but especially if that's the only series that goes to seven. Right. Yeah. First ever bubble right. game seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be um, very interesting. And, I mean, it's been a very good series as of late as well. You know, it's yeah. been more entertaining than I thought. Like Chandler said, you know, it's kind of a dark horse when it comes to those entertaining series. It's been fun to watch. And then finally, we have the Rockets versus the Thunder. Another back-and-forth series. I think, like Channel said, probably one of the only other series is that we could project going to seven games unless if the Magic roar back Maverick. from a 3-1 oh. series deficit. Yeah. You were trying and to sit a Maverick. defeat the Bucks in game seven in overtime. I would pay you over Giannis. if that happens. I will pay you a, pay you a, a working wage if that happens. <laughs> Twelve seventy-five. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, what do we have to say about this Rockets Thunder series? I mean, it's obviously, it's also been very entertaining. I would say one of the more entertaining series is in the bubble as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's good. Nick, you have anything? Nick, do you have anything? I, I don't mean, know, dog. I mean, the weird thing about the series is like, know, it's yeah, not. It's, it's just, like the opposite of like the Denver series because like those teams just go back and forth. And I love watching it, but like this team, these teams just shoot a bunch of threes and go back and forth to each other the whole game. Like it's less like a little bit less like heart tense pounding finishes. Like I'll give them yeah. credit for coming back and everything, but it's just like one team plays well and then the other team plays well, and that's kind of how it's been. I'd still lean towards Houston, especially because I do think even though Westbrook was supposed to be out for this game five, potentially if, you know, the games do happen to come back and there is a game five, say, in two or three days, and Westbrook would play in this hypothetical game five. But, um, you know, I, I, if he does come back, I'd give them the edge in the series. But, I mean, you got to give credit to OKC for coming back, not only down 2-0, but also down in game three by 15 points in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, to overcome the hot shooting of, of the of the Rockets and Chris Paul for playing well down the stretch of both game three and four. Chris Paul has been very impressive, not just not just even in this series, but in the whole season in general. Yeah, and he wasn't so that great in the first two games, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. About, as well. Like the whole season, even to get here, like they had, I think it was like a point two percent chance of making the playoffs or something. That's what, yeah, that's what the oh the, wow, that's what ESPN forecasted them. Yeah, being, yeah. They were they were they were gonna be they were projected to be closer to the first pick than the playoffs. And then I mean, they ended up I didn't think they were gonna be that good. I thought they could have got the eight seed, but like I didn't think they were going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul has really turned around this team for the better. You know, it's been fun to watch. And like Stewart said, it's been it was hard for him to heat up in the first couple of games, but he's finally starting to come into his form and making this thing a very competitive series. Shea. All right, Shea's any, playing a lot oh, of yeah. He's playing good defense finally. Yeah. Let's go. All three of the guards are playing well. And Dort's been playing good defense on Harden. Yeah, he's been playing really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. For him, but yeah. Any other points to add here? Or are we good to move on to another new segment that we have for the episode? I think we're good. All right, so that was this week's main recap segment. Now we're going to move on to a segment that will engage – you, the audience, more. It will get you involved in the episodes, give you a chance to ask some questions. This is the Nosebleeds podcast segment, Questions from the Nosebleeds. All right, so oh, all right. In this, in this series, in this oh my god, not this series. Segment. In this segment, um, it will give our viewers the opportunity to ask us questions. We're gonna have it on both of the NHL episode and the M- the NBA episode, where you can ask questions. Oh to wait, us. what the heck? Sorry, wait, weren't the Flyers up three zero? Yeah. I just saw that notification. Yeah. Donus yeah. was trash talking in the chat too. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, look at the Islanders. Look, at Flyers is gonna go to the Eastern Conference. I can't wait for this episode to end. I'm gonna go flame them." Yeah, well, it's a, but, it's an overtime right now. With the first, yeah, no, 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 no. no. Wait, they just won. Wait, the Flyers Who? just scored. The Flyers just scored. No, yeah. <laughs> it says four Come three. Come on, it says four three. Wow, live reactions. Oh, yeah, man, goal score by Felipe Myers. Oh the my goal. god! All right. Great. Well, Series is one one. That now, was I guess. scary though. That's scary. But anyway, back to this segment. Both in the NHL and yeah, if you want to ask us a question about that Flyers game, go ahead. You can ask it in our NHL episode that airs every Monday. So every week you're gonna have the opportunity to ask us either NHL or MLB questions on Monday's episode, and then NBA questions on Wednesday's episode. And we'll pick a few questions that have been asked and we'll answer them here on the show. So today we have three questions. Asked from the viewers. We'll first start with one of our viewers, Dylan, who asked, who is at fault for the Sixers' early exit in the playoffs? You. Yeah, it's Nick Me. Dang. I'm no, sorry, um, Philadelphia. Well, I, sorry, I, okay, okay, let me think about this for a second. So uh, there's a couple – There's a couple. it's like a case within a case here. So the, 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 the first reason is – Ben Simmons being injured because I do think he's the most important player on their team. And even if let's say he stays healthy, let's say they get the five seed, let's say they play Indiana or something like, like, I don't know. There's a way they could have gotten out of the first round. 
if they play us with Simmons, I'm still picking Boston. If they play Miami, I'd probably still pick Miami. But anyway, Simmons is a big is a big easily their second best player and a big part of their team. Now, outside of that, then I'd say Elton Brand is the reason because that's what I was just gonna say because he signed these players to this con these contracts here. Oh so yeah, he's, he's the primary reason. He's the primary reason, not to say that they lost, but the fact that the roster was built this way that they would just be a first round exit. But even further back than that, I mean, you can almost hawk it up to the NBA itself because a lot of people used to talk about this, but when Sam Hinkie first tried the process, um, actually, I wouldn't even blame the NBA and Sam. I, I would blame Colangelo a little bit here too, the yeah. previous general manager, because he also made the very foolish decisions in, in the draft in 2014, he drafted who? Oh, no, he drafted Joel Embiid. In 13, in 13, he traded for Noel. I mean, I don't know who else they would have gotten in that draft, but he traded for Noel's Noel. It didn't really pan out. Then in 2015, the biggest mistake, obviously, to me, is drafting Jalil Okafor over Porzingis. Oh, oh. And finally, yeah. in 17, drafting, trading for the Celtics pick, and drafting Fultz over Jason Tatum. So those are the those are the if they had had one of those two guys, let's say they just get one, not two, they would have fit perfectly on this team, and they would have been better. They wouldn't have signed those other players. This would have been a totally different thing. I mean, think about it. Let's say they draft Porzingis, right? They don't even probably make the move for Jimmy Butler because they already have this unbelievable core that would be winning even more games in the first place. Mm, so I put the blame on both of the Sixers GMs and as like the general. And we've already yeah. talked about Brand's mistakes, but I mean. He was put in that position in more ways than one. I mean, Horford, both the contracts weren't great, but, like, he was just trying to make help his team win. It just didn't work mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm actually looking at the players picked after New Orleans Noel. Uh, just based oh, on – what? They weren't they aren't going to be that good. No, I'm ready. They're not that oh. good. <laughs> oh, okay. 2013 uh, draft is pretty bad. Yeah, that's just, it's probably one of the worst drafts in – Maybe, maybe ever, yeah. I mean, Apart from the only, the only, yeah, the only, except Giannis, there's only like three good players, three or four. I mean, yeah, there's Victor Oladipo, who was the second pick. And then, I mean, the only player that I could have seen them taking, but if I'm thinking of their team correctly, they wouldn't have really wanted CJ McCollum, who was picked 10 in that draft. Yeah. No, McCollum was picked six. And then Giannis uh, was. And Mike Carter Williams, uh, you, you can't really, I don't think you can really blame the 76ers for that pick because he was very good as a rookie. Uh, but then Giannis was pick 15, obviously. Nobody expected that. Schroeder at pick 17. And then um, um, in second round. Rudy Gobert. Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Gobert yeah. And then the first. And then the first. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, and then nobody else. Nobody yeah. else. Any good. Like, like, like I'm looking at this. N nobody else. Joffrey Laverne and pick 55. It, it was a bad draft. It was a really bad draft. One but, of the worst. But they, I believe, because they traded uh, – to get Maryland's Noel, they traded. Yeah, they traded uh, with the Pelicans. They traded Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, yeah. Who just yeah. had an All Star oh. season? Not yeah. a good trade. That was a not oh. good trade. Atrocious, atrocious. I mean, they, honestly, maybe they, maybe Drew doesn't even stay there, but they could still could have traded him for a better asset than Maryland's Noel. Yeah. So. Especially when they they just went best player available every year, which is like the idea of the process, but you also don't pick three centers in a row. Like like. It's not that difficult. It's not that yeah. difficult. Especially, no offense to my dude, but you know, Jalil was not exactly where the NBA was going as far as player ta player profile. He doesn't yeah. have a jump shot, so like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, but put the we'll put the blame on the Sixers management front office, office. not not the players and not the not even really. I mean, I mean I'll put some Horford on the coach, a little but, bit. Yeah, Horford he declined so he sharply. Was terrible. But, enjoyed it so yeah much. i did too to be honest <laughs> i was because of all these reports that he was going to be on a team-friendly deal i think that makes me most upset is like Kyrie left and we all you know we all talk about that and stuff but like you know he left and then that was it with horford he still could have fit in this roster we literally need like tice is great but uh, horford from last season was better than tice this season like yes we could use another we could use a center to put this over the top and he was going to take a team-friendly deal and then he just dipped so yeah you know. um what was i going to say Oh, yeah. I can't believe – I don't know if you guys saw this, but in our last episode, the NHL episode, we happened to be talking – like, he made some comparison, like Al Horford's points per game to, like, some ERA of a pitcher or something like that. And then I asked her his thing, and he said that if he had – if the Sixers had the BC high coach, they would be able to make it to the Eastern Conference final without – Who said that? I smell a little bit of Donuts. Well, he's wrong. Because that team isn't as talented as the top three teams in the East, even with Simmons. 
I mean, it was kind of Brett Brown's fault, but it wasn't like, you know, it was kind of more the events was leading those... up to this season. That... Well, I mean, what he's not a great coach. specific moments could he have changed? His uh, rotations were fine. I mean, he, he could have you know, sat down the locker room and tried to yeah, work out exactly. some of those kinks he, he clearly that were didn't, obviously he cl- going on. Yeah, he clearly wasn't a good team motivator. Yeah. There were so many issues in the last few years. I mean, maybe he was good at making substitutions, but a coach needs to be a lot more than that. Especially yeah. in the league, there's a tight group of guys. You know, it's not like the NFL. This isn't a 53-man team. There's 11 or 12 guys. In a playoff situation, there's only about eight or nine guys that are going to contribute. It's important that these guys are, you know, gelling together and have good chemistry with the coach and are responding to him. And clearly, they didn't do that very well, um, you know, throughout, this, throughout the last couple of seasons. Yeah, the Sixers vlog, the last and also, I mean, pretty I, awkward. They're tripping you know, he's One more thing is he's not the GM, but I'm sure he had some influence in free agency, and I'm sure that he was consulted about not bringing Butler. Yeah. So you can blame them for that one, too. (laughs) Well, rest in peace, Sixers. Uh, Thank you, Dylan, for the question. Next, we have a question from Sam who says, when building a franchise, who would you take, Giannis or Luka? So who wants to start this one? Because it's going to be our – Why don't we have the dissenting opinion? I have the dissenting opinion, so you guys Yeah. I mean, I I have – I'd say it's closer than people would think. But right now – you know, if I'm an NBA GM or owner or something, I'd want Giannis. He's only 25 years old. Luca's 21, so it's four years, but it's not like eight years or something like that. Giannis has at least 10 good years left. He is better than, than Luca, And he's um, as of right now, I'm trying to sell tickets. And, you know, he seems like a guy that – I don't know. I mean, there's just – you have to take that risk that Luca could get injured or doesn't get as good as you think. And Giannis yeah. could, A, still get a little bit better, and B – He's just a better player right now. So I would have trouble not taking, not taking him. But that being said, I mean, it's not like a huge difference. Like there's also other things that – because like, for example, Luca is younger. And Luca is a player that could develop athleticism. Giannis already has the athleticism. So there, there are definitely arguments to be made for Luca. But I just think if I was taking that risk and I was starting a, a franchise with one player, I would pick Giannis right now because he's the best player in the league, arguably, and he's still only 20 – not quite like just entering his prime. Uh, Nick, you go. Yeah, I will agree with Stuart in saying that, um, yeah, I mean, although Luca has been very impressive, especially as of late, I would say that Giannis is um, the better player there. And as well, like Stuart said, when you're trying to sell tickets and stuff like that, um, Giannis's marketing ability being the Greek freak and all is very successful when it comes in that market. And plus, like Stuart said, again, the experience factor coming in there, um, having an, a four-year gap on Luca already has the experience, doesn't need any more time to kind of flourish into the NBA. He's kind of already at that point, and he has room to get better. Um, and like Stuart said, you know, he's, he has longevity. He could be around for another good 10 years, something like that. He's just – I think he's the better option than Luca because, God forbid, Luca, you know, he's not in his zone yet. He just totally falls off the map and drops off, like, you know. That's that. That would be a loss right there. When you could have had Giannis, who's already flourished and proven himself here in the NBA in the past couple of years. So okay, I want. Uh, I'm so I'm going to preface this by saying that I picked Luka Doncic as the face of my franchise. So I want to cast everybody's mind back no. to. Oh my. Yeah, you're going to do this. To no, I don't want to do this. Yes, no. you're doing this. I'm not going to respond to it. When the Charlotte, then Bobcats, now the Hornets, uh, came into the NBA. Um, so. Nick, this is what you're talking about already. He's already lost. I've already lost? You've already lost, Nick. He doesn't know oh, what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, he doesn't know what the Bobcats even are. Yeah. Okay, uh, the viewers know. I do. Oh, well, no, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Oh, okay, fucking yeah. dumbass. They're, 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 they're the Hornets. Whoa. They're the Hornets. How do you know well, I know who the Hornets are, obviously. They, they the are the Hornets. They changed their name. From 2004 yeah. to 2013. So uh, well, they have in their, uh, what? And 19 year existence, about, or not 19 year, that's bad math. Um, 16, 15 maybe. Year, 15 year yeah. existence, yeah. Uh, they have made the playoffs three times, none of which being over the sixth seed. Yeah, and they never so, won the round. Yeah, they've also, the closest they came was in 2015. Um, 16. Yeah, 15, uh, 15 yeah. 15, yeah. They went seven with the Heat. Yeah. And um, so if I, well, first off, Giannis is, I mean, yeah, Stewart already said a lot of the arguments that I would have. Giannis is 25, uh, Lucas 21. Um, another thing, Giannis has already been in the league for seven years. This is his eighth. 
upcoming. And then Luca, only two years. Um, if I am – so I the way that I see it, it's similar to asking if you're going to pick young LeBron, except less, a less athletic young LeBron versus Giannis. And I'm picking LeBron because LeBron is not just going to make himself better. He's going to make – So Luca's LeBron now. What? Yeah, Luca's LeBron what? James? Yeah. Okay, we're, we're done. We're done. We stop this. I'm not. Look what? at the stat lines. Look at the stat lines. Look at their stat He stats. cannot move even close to what LeBron is moving in a second. Did you hear what I said? Luca is slow. Luca is slow. I'm done. We're done with this conversation. I'm leaving. Oh. Did you hear what I said? I'm. You if I you said? say stats, I'm leaving right now. No. Did you hear what I said though? What? I said a less athletic LeBron. Yeah. I like understand. Far less athletic. Yeah. I'm talking about their playmaking and their scoring abilities. Okay. They score the ball in different ways. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's an error thing, and that's a physicality thing. But if you look at their stat lines and the way that they make their teams play, they're more similar than they are unsimilar. Like, do you, under, do you, do you agree with that or no? Uh, I'm not talking to you, Nick. Kyle. Oh. Wow. LeBron's a good Thank you. Like Luka, but <laughs> LeBron is so much more explosive off the dribble than Luca. Luca is like I'm not he's disagreeing like a, with you. He's a Harden or, or or Magic Johnson the type score. Like he's gonna score in sure, ways. I'll, I'll, I'll do moves. I'll do Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is yeah, Magic Johnson is a better comparison. But obviously not Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson was six nine and purely a point guard. Well I think Luca's like six nine, but he's six seven. Oh so, okay. Close but, enough. but also so that is I mean that kinda is my point, but that's also somewhat beside the point because you have, yes, you have 10 years. I'd say 10 might be a little bit generous for Giannis just because of how his game is predicated on athleticism. I'd give him eight years of, like, really, like, high level and then three years of being a borderline, borderline superstar star in that, like, top 20, 25 range in the NBA. That's what I would say. But Luca's game has a lot more longevity. Um, he has, I mean, even he will be in his prime in eight years. Like, he will be 29 in eight years. And then after that, he probably has another six years. So he has 15 years. He has the entire existence of the Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats. Yes, Nick? I just want to say, I mean, I'm not as qualified to make this statement, but obviously you would pick, like, you were comparing him to young LeBron, but now looking back on young LeBron, we know what he became. We don't know what Luka is going to become. God forbid he falls off a cliff and absolutely totally drops off to what people are expecting him to be. You could say that about literally any player ever. You could say that about Giannis. Giannis is going to tear all of his ACLs, and he's never going to be the same player. You could okay, say I'm that not about saying that literally because Giannis, Giannis is flourished right now. Okay, and well, Lucas, if we're going to bring an injury, but if also if we're going to bring injuries, I'm not saying injury. Lucas already have like his fair share of injuries, like way yeah, more and than Lucas LeBron. Game did. is more is more um, not like defensive to it, but like you like you've said, uh, I didn't mean to say that LeBron could be compared to Luca in terms of athleticism. I just meant in terms of uh, their fit, like literal stat line and their impact on their teammates. But um, Luca, yeah, you're right. Luca has gotten injured before, but you see how it's impacted his game. It hasn't. Or at least well, not, at least yeah, not. But it shows that he's not as durable as LeBron or Giannis. He's but does that matter? Tons of, but yeah, when he's facing these injuries, he's young. Imagine how he's going to look in six years if he's still playing like this. I mean, that's, you can't necessarily make that argument, but I'm just saying, like... I mean, it's going to take a toll on him eventually. I'd say there's a in higher the risk two, of Luka in getting injured years. in the next 10 years than Giannis. Hot, Since Luka's entered the league, Giannis has played only one more game, or two more games than Luka has. Yeah, but Luka's had, like, way more injuries. Giannis is just resting. And does... Hmm. Okay. I mean... Bang. I, I do understand that. Uh, that is, that's a good point, that they are definitely going to rest him more. But you can't really rest a player when he's your only good player. Think about how expansion works. You have, uh, what, seven or eight players protected. Yeah, You're not going to be getting the cream of the crop. You're going to be getting below average players that you have to make better. And then also, so I want to actually yeah, talk I, about... I, 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 yeah, I would say, yeah. So I also want to talk about that, a little I, bit more I, about I can see that point. Like, yeah. I would want Luka more on a bad team than Giannis, but on a good team, that's, I'd rather have that's like, that's like my big point. And then yeah. I also want to talk about um, just expansion in general and how the Bobcats handled it. So the Bobcats, like, they weren't – they didn't handle it as poorly as they could have. Like, believe me, they didn't make a lot – they didn't make great draft decisions. But they hired Larry Brown. And Larry Brown 
was the head coach of the Pistons when they won in 2004, uh, coach of the year in 2001, just an all-around, he's a successful head coach. They had him for three years, and in those three years, they made the playoffs once, never winning a playoff game, and they won. When? Wait, what year did he get hired? 2008 to 2010. Oh, okay. I thought it was when they first came to the league. Okay, yeah. No. They made the playoffs Um, in 2009. They lost in the first round. Yes, that was his only playoff run as head coach of the – yeah. yeah, they made um, some terrible draft decisions. They like, did make some really bad draft decisions. Sean but you Sean also May. have to – you mean, as much as nowadays it's harder – it's not harder to make bad draft decisions, but you see it less frequently as uh, the scouting process has become more uh, streamlined and more, um, more similar among all organizations in the league. So you can't really say like, oh, yeah, Giannis is going to have to carry the team all by himself. So that's why I want to have Giannis. You have to think about like all 12 players that you have in your roster, all 15 players you have in your roster, all nine players in the rotation and how you're going to maximize. I don't know. How are you going to maximize Kyle Korver, 24 year old Kyle Korver on your team? Are you, are you going to have Giannis in the paint and just have him pass the ball out? You could definitely do that. But the way that the league has been moving, I would much rather have Luca who's going to, not just create his own shot on the perimeter, score at all three levels, and help everyone else score at all three levels. And so for me, team score twenty-five points on his head because he can't defend. That's why you assemble him with three and D players that are going to be discarded by other teams. And then, then you sign yeah, Giannis. But, yeah, look at Giannis. Giannis isn't is it, all around. Yeah, isn't all the players three and D? Aren't all of his teammates like three and D players? Giannis is. Yeah. Well, that's Middle. because the Bucks have assembled a really good team around him. Yeah, that takes time for a rebuild team. I mean, yeah, but the question is like, if you were to build your team around one player, who would it be? So, Giannis or Luca? Am I doing it through the conventional, um, the conventional? You wouldn't be building draft? the Mavs. You'd be Every, building your like, am own. I doing, am I doing everything that like if I were, let's say, I spend what is it? It's like a lot of money. It's like some some three hundred something million to get a team in the NBA, something like that. Um, let's say I do that. I'm getting, I'm getting into the league. I'm going through the expansion draft. I'm going through the real draft. I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Is that what I'm doing? Is that the question? I don't know. It yeah. Really matter. Then, I, then yes. I'm picking Luka Doncic. Yeah, then I would also. And, you surround it, Nick. What do you mean? Well, if you start – if you have an NBA team and you're going to build your core around one player, who would it be? That's how long do you have Giannis right? in your core? How long do you when building a franchise, who would you take, Giannis from, or Luca? From the ground, so it's an expansion from draft. I pick other oh, expansion from players. From the ground? Yeah, Nick, that's, that's, what that's too technical. Works. That's what that's you're implying. Works. That's what you're implying. That's what you just said yes to. Question. Well, but, but we need to decide the specifics of the question then. Yeah. Okay. If you're gonna build, are you saying we want to build a team off the ground? Well, we yeah. I doing, thought you meant. You know what? The I thought you meant if you had. Yes, I do. It's like so, an expansion team. There's an expansion draft where you protect certain players, yep, and then you yep. enter the regular draft. Yes, and you yeah. don't get uh, – do you get – I think you get the first pick. No. Or, you might like, get the third no. pick. They give you good odds in the lottery. Yeah, you yeah. get yeah. – yeah. And then, like, the, the, Bucks, the Bobcats happened to win the first pick, and they picked the Mecca. Yes. Or no, they did. Yeah, second. They had the sec. Yeah, Dwight Howard went first. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so right, if so, we're doing it like that, I mean, if you're telling me – if you want the question to be who is the better player, Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo, that is not a difficult question. The answer is Giannis. Yeah. But if you're asking me if I'm going through an expansion draft, if I'm going through the NBA draft, if I'm in this for a 15-year window about trying to win as many games as possible, I'm picking Luka Doncic, and it's not especially difficult for me to say that. Well, because he's the younger player. Yeah, that's, true. that's that. That's part of the argument. Yeah, that's that's the reason that I chose. Well, not the reason. That's yeah. Okay, reason well, yeah. I guess we agree to agree. I don't know what to say yeah, here. I mean, I, I, guess, I would agree yeah. with you that I would pick In the two Luka. scenarios, yeah. If you're building pick, a team from the ground up. Yeah, I would well, pick Luka. If I'm picking That's an expansion. I the question. Yeah. I don't know how I was supposed to interpret it. I just wasn't sure. The next 10 years. I, I was saying that we were that you'd take, like, a, you know, any team in the league right now, apart from maybe some of the contenders, and then pick one of those two players on your roster. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, too. I, didn't, I got confused when you asked. So. Yeah. Made things more confusing. Yeah, I All interpret right. it as expansion because I mean, like building yeah. a franchise from the ground is what I thought. All right. All right. I mean, I don't so, know. I probably still think about picking honest in that situation, but we'll just have to agree to disagree. It's close. Yeah. 
but you know, Giannis is exceptional. Really? Like yeah. he's terrible. He's pretty good at basketball. Yeah, he's no, all, yeah. all right. He's all right. He, he sucks. Yeah, yep. he's, he's he's subpar. But that's all he's right. Literally he's the worst player. player in the league. I would I would rather have Nene right now. Michael Kidd Gilchrist on my team. I'd rather have Michael Beasley. <laughs> I'd rather Greg have Odin. Me. Greg Oden. No, nah, anything but you. I'd rather right. have Greg Oden. <laughs> anything but all right. Final question. We have a question from Ryan saying, Will the Sixers trade oh. Embiid or Simmons? This one's pretty quick. Well, this is a tough when, question. When? I assume I assume Ryan means in this upcoming offseason. Yeah, that's what I was thinking uh, too. My answer is pretty simple. Because of the injury, I'm sure it'll buy them another year. There's no way they're trading either of those players in this offseason. Yeah, Next season, I, though, who knows? Going into the bubble, I thought that this was going to be their last season. But then, like Stuart said, there was an injury. I yeah. still wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility because – Yeah, maybe there's like a really good offer or something. You exactly. Because teams right. might be thinking yeah. about it and become desperate that they want to get in B before he becomes more available or Simmons – by yeah. the falling off season. But to, try and, to try and slightly tweak the question, if we were to say who would be traded first, yeah, yeah. Or Simmons, I or in a hypothetical situation where they both get traded, or where the, the Sixers are trying to fully rebuild, I would say that Embiid goes first. I would say Simmons. You're wrong, Why? because there's tons of buzz, Nick, no, no, this no, no, is where no, no, you, no, you need no. to start reading NBA stuff. No, there's been sure. all kinds of shit. No, 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 there's been all kinds of shit dropped this year from multiple sources where it's saying that they're, the Sixers organization prefers Ben. You're so, right, but I want to hear yeah. No, but Nick recent this recent injury is what I'm saying. He seems very injury prone. Well, so not, if you're going to so. keep a guy hey, for, that's not So is it Nick? Hey Nick, what happened to Joel Embiid's first two NBA seasons? What happened to him? Didn't play. Yeah, that. okay, he was injured, but He's way more injury prone than Simmons. So and he, he's yeah. also older, so there's no argument here. You got to make something else up. I mean, I don't know. I guess you're right. I mean, I'm going to just wave <laughs> the white like, flag on that one. I don't want you to be dumb on on live TV here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wave the white flag on that one, I guess. But, I mean, you know, okay. If there I wasn't both any, guys would the go thing is, is that I don't, know, I don't know if I disagree with you. Apart from each other. That Embiid, they should trade Simmons. But there was so much buzz coming out of the organization and different reporters this year that they prefer Simmons in the, in, out of the two of them. That I just feel like in an event of a trade, it's going to be Embiid. Mm. I also I, – I agree with that uh, outlook. I think that Embiid is more built to the way the NBA is being played right now. Mm. But at the same time, I think that Simmons is more valuable to the organization and their current hierarchy. Like they, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it wasn't a secret at the beginning of the season. People were saying Ben Simmons is our guy and Bede is also there, but he's not like, he's not the main priority. It's like, uh, I don't know, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, except it's not like that, but yeah. that's a good comparison in the way that we would be much more willing to trade Jalen Brown than we ever would Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I was just thinking of it from a perspective of if I were to choose yeah. who they were going to trade. Yeah, I don't know if I disagree with you, but it's just the yeah. balance that was coming out of the organization. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. Um, if I were to choose, I'd probably still choose Embiid just yeah, because, you'll, A, you'll get more for him. And because I think that Simmons can be a really, really good player. I think Simmons ceiling, I think ceiling, ce- ce- Simmons ceiling is higher. I think Embiid's pretty much already reached his peak. Yeah, at the same time, oh, also, that's a good point. you can you can build you can build a team around Simmons. They haven't Way done easier, that yeah. well. They tried mm-hmm. to do that, and I mean JJ Redick was a really good piece for that. They got a lot of three and D type players. They got, um, I mean, it'll it'll have to be a similarly built team to the Bucks. Now that I think about it, you need somebody who can who can just go get you a bucket. You need a bunch of really quality defenders and people who can stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not looking good for the Sixers either way. I mean, I think that possibility that we've been talking about a couple of months ago with Embiid going to the Celtics is still obviously on the table. But as it goes on a little bit less, it just, I mean, it seems like a little bit less and less likely, honestly. Um, just Yeah, I just think, well, I mean, first of all, I don't think they're going to trade both of them. Definitely not. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Be, I mean, unless if they're just like, unless if it's like a first, like first overall pick scenario, maybe. Even yeah, then, right. even then, this yeah. draft isn't very good. Unless you're going to draft maybe next season or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I was going to say if you if you want to do this next year, if you want to give them one more season and then you trade them both for something something valuable, like you trade them for one of them for a star player and one of them for like the fourth pick. Yeah, one like of them. For, yeah. Like it's going to be mm-hmm. similar to when Jimmy Butler was traded to. 
um, Minnesota, and they got the sixth pick, which became – or the seventh pick, which became Laurie Markkinen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean my, my I gut just, says I, it's not going to work out for them, but you never know. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think but, that they are going to work well together, at least in the yeah. current team that they have together. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, I, I you, you make could, a lot but... of big deals. You make a lot of big deals, and sure, Simmons goes down. But you make a lot of big deals, and you go from losing 4-1 to the Celtics to losing 4-0 to the Celtics. Like, at the end yeah. of the day, like we've said multiple times in this podcast, the sports in general, but specifically the NBA, it's a business. Like, if you're not – like, all that matters, it doesn't matter how you get there. It matters that you get there. And they didn't get there, and they had a slightly worse result than they did before. And then even yeah. two years before – or last year, they had a much worse result, obviously. And not getting game seven by Kawhi Leonard. Getting game four by Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. Game mm-hmm. four. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this if um, the Sixers were to trade it wouldn't be such a bad idea to trade this offseason just to avoid that possibility that one or both of these players ex- like fall off drastically during next season and then you lose the value that would have been there this offseason for them I, mean, I see a chance of that are pretty low but I guess also I yeah, mean, I mean there's, a, yeah. there's another good argument to be made to maybe trade them you, I if I were the 76ers right now, I would say that the best, the best option is to go into the trade deadline in this upcoming year, see if it's working. If it's not working, blow it up because this free agency class and this draft upcoming are both good. really good. Yeah. You have Giannis, you have LeBron. You have, or does LeBron have a player option? He might. Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you have Chris Paul. You have Gordon Hayward even. You have Paul George. Uh, he'll probably uh, – no, DeMar, Hayward, Hayward's – oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Hayward's – this is this is his opt-in year, I believe, and then next year is when oh. the unrestricted. Well, who cares? He's like a fifteen points per game scorer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the point. The point I mean, is that yeah. this upcoming free agency would be a very. This would be good timing. That if you decide that the combination isn't going to work, this would be a good free agency to completely build a new team. Mm. Like you get That's the cap. You, you even you package one of them with a couple bad contracts and get a pick also. Like to a team that really is desperate for Embiid, you get you give up. I don't know. You give up Horford. You give up a couple seconds and a, and you get a first back and some bent some role fringe starter player. Like you could like I could realistically see that happening because that gives them yeah. the flexibility to try to pursue Giannis or Kawhi or literally like any of those players. It, it is a loaded class, mm-hmm. and then. I mean, you also just fill up the team with decent, um, maybe like starter to six-man type players who are going to be undervalued in the free agency class, especially because a lot of players are on the block or on the um, on the market. Excuse me. Um, with like stars going out, the lesser players are going to be undervalued, and you can build a solid team out of just the scraps for left over from free agency. Yeah, definitely. All right, any other points to add about these questions, or do you think we're good? I think we're good. I think we're good, yeah. Thank all you right, all for and the Yeah, thank you, everybody, for um, submitting these questions, and I hope you enjoyed to kind of engage in the conversation a little bit, and we're looking forward to more questions that you may have for next week's episode. So keep bringing them in. We really enjoy um, you adding your input to the conversation. And if you're, also, if you're a hockey fan, you can also ask questions on the hockey episode every Monday. And if you want to ask a baseball question, you can ask a baseball question too, because we've got baseball questions there too. Chandler's just shaking his head now. Really baseball and hockey. Um, screw the sports apparently. But um, like we said at the top of the episode, we're not going to be doing any predictions this week, just because of the boycotts that have started taking place today in the NBA. Um, obviously there's more important things to focus on right now in the world than playing basketball. So we will Keep attentive and stay tuned to see when those games will be played, and then we'll decide whether or not to make an Instagram post or just come back next week with our updated records and stuff like that for games that we can predict off screen. So we'll let you know. Um, best way to stay up to date with those updates would be to follow us on Instagram at nosebleeds underscore underscore podcast. Um, we just had a big announcement go up today. So definitely I recommend you going to check out the Instagram page to check it out. And we also have a lot more big announcements and ideas planned for the show. So stay tuned. Um, and other than that, thank you so much, everybody for watching this episode of the nosebleeds podcast. 
If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe here on AC My Sports and hit the like button on this episode and all the other episodes that we've done so far. And if you like hockey, like I've said about a thousand times, we got our hockey episode coming up on Monday. And um, I will say this now, our big announcement is that we will be starting a fantasy football league, a nosebleeds podcast. If I go one and eleven, that's going to be really sad. We get to kick you in the balls again. No, two and thirteen. He's two and thirteen. There's two and thirteen. Sorry, my fault. My fault. Yeah, you know, a drastic difference. Yeah. He started zero and nine, so at least he finished. I did start zero and nine. When I got that win, I was hyped. I think it was because Henry didn't change his outline or his lineup. Probably. That's all the momentum. A bunch of players that weren't playing. But anyway, that was a momentum shifter. But if you like fantasy football, stay tuned because our fantasy football draft will be going up this Sunday. Today's Wednesday. This Sunday is when the NFL fantasy draft will go up. And also, um, maybe just a spoiler here, but we – actually, no, I won't say that yet. But anyway, yeah, just stay tuned. (laughs) Real professional, Nick. I know, real professional, Nick. Stay tuned for this Sunday where we're going to have the um, NFL fantasy football draft going up for you, so that should be entertaining. It'll be a Nose Please podcast exclusive league, and we hope you're all excited about it. So we'll see you here on Sunday to watch the fantasy draft and then back Monday for our NHL episode. And then for our NBA fans out there, our regulars, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back here next Wednesday with another NBA playoffs recap episode. So thank you everybody so much for watching. My name is Nick Antonakis from ACMI Sports. We'll see you next time.